Hey everyone, this is Jennifer. And this is Paige, and this is Big Book Energy. Welcome back to the podcast for our second bonus deep dive episode. And today we are continuing with our Tolkien theme and we'll be discussing The Fellowship of the Ring, which is of course the first book in the larger trilogy of The Lord of the Rings. Yes. Well, let's let's get into some general thoughts. Okay. All right. On the book. Uh, um, yeah, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I, so, I don't, again, like, we talked about this last time. It's been about, like, what, eight years or so yeah. since I read these. And I don't know why it's been th- that long. I, mm. for some reason... I just seem to remember, like, the style, the writing style bothering me more than it did this time around. Yeah. And so, because that's what a lot of people complain about Lord of the Rings, is that it's, like, too dense or too wordy or too descriptive or something. And I did not have any trouble with that this time around. And so I was like, why did I remember that? I don't know. So I found it to be a lot more readable and not a struggle, <laughs> which was my impression last time I was reading it. Uh, maybe that was just because, like, I was definitely rushed trying to finish it before I left, and I was like, I just want to go to New Zealand. Why do I have to read this right now? I don't know. <laughs> like, I maybe that has something to do with it. Um, and, yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. It was hard to be, like, critical of the story, like, to remove yourself from the story and think about it Mm -hmm. more critically, because that's what we do on the podcast, right? Like, we um, think about the book as a whole and and what works and what doesn't work. It was really hard for me to do that with this, because I was just, like, first of all, it's very nostalgic, Mm -hmm. and second of all, I was just, like, really immersed yeah in the story but this was like your first time reading all the way through it wasn't mm-hmm. it well i read all the way through it i just didn't retain anything from it because mm. i was thinking about it 12 last time i read it wow okay yeah yeah so basically like reading it pretty for much the first time. yeah yeah and i was reading it for class too so you know that left a great taste in my mouth for it Ooh, you had to read that for class? We had to read a book that was a classic um, and then present on it. So I picked The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, One of my friends did Two Towers, and then a third one did Return of the King. King. Um, Mm. And, yeah, having to read that for class, like, had I been left to my own devices, I may have liked it a little bit more, but it was just like, I'm done. Um, That makes sense. Yeah, I'm not even sure if I read the rest of the trilogy, to be honest. No, I did, because I remember the, the Shire part. Um, like at the end? Like at the end. Okay, Because yeah. that wasn't in the movie, so I wouldn't have known it any other way. Yeah. Um, well, it is... Isn't it in the extended editions? No. It's not? <laughs> There's no retaking of the Shire. Huh. Interesting. But yeah, um... So reading it, I liked it a lot actually and then I was yeah. thinking um like what does it remind me of and it's actually 
the histories by Herodotus is what it reminds me of. Mm. Um, which is, for those who don't know, Brooke's listening to this right now, and she's like, don't you dare bring up Herodotus again. She had to, I had to write a paper <laughs> on this, and she had to edit it, like, eight times. Yeah. So I can actually feel her future wrath coming towards me. <laughs> um, but, so, the histories is... Uh, Herodotus's attempt to explain the Persian Wars um, in the first sort of what we would consider historical uh, kind of perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he does it in very much like this winding, ridiculous, tangent-filled sort of way. So it's just like all of these. Uh, There's like a tales, lot of like mythical creatures, and mythical in there creatures, too, even though it's like a quote history yeah, yeah yeah like it's got um the story of oh god what is his name like croesus or crassus or something like that he's croesus the, the um, richest man yeah in the yeah. world and he uh because he's so rich obviously fate's gonna come back and bite him in the ass so he tries obviously. to do like a whole bunch of things to get rid of all his bad karma including like taking his very precious ring and throwing it into the ocean but he's got so much good fortune that a fish eats it a fisherman catches that fish and presents it to the king because it's the biggest fish ever. They cut it open and his ring just like pops back into his hand. So yeah. like everyone around him knows that he's doomed because this keeps happening. Yeah. Which doesn't seem fair. No, right? Yeah. But the way that Tolkien does some of these little um, tangents, especially in the way of uh, like place names and things like that, very much reminds me of Herodotus doing the same thing. Just, like, it's called this, but the 14 centuries before this, when this land was held by another people, it was also known as this. Yeah. It's like, that's not useful to this story at all. No. I mean, it's interesting, don't get me wrong, but that's just sort of what it reminds me of. It's like this meandering sort of history of Middle-earth in yeah, the way that Herodotus was trying to tell the meandering history of Greece. Hmm. Yeah, Tolkien does that a lot. Whether just through his descriptions or even through the mouths of some of the characters. Yeah, you know, like yeah. bringing up a lot of past history, which I guess I mean adds depth to the world building. It does. Um, but also can be confusing as a reader, especially trying to keep track of lots of different names, mm -hmm. um, especially place names. That, place names are really hard. That's the hardest thing for me reading through Lord of the Rings. It's actually why like, I brought the Atlas of Middle-earth with me, mm -hmm. because when they're talking... Yes, I know like the general direction that the company is traveling throughout the course of this book. Right. There's still a lot of place names that they throw out there that I have a hard time keeping straight, like, where they are within yeah. Middle-earth. Yeah, so, I had to pull up the map whenever they were talking about, um, was it Minas Tirith, Osculeth, and then, uh, Minas Morgul. Yeah. I'm like, I know all of these names, but, like, I don't know where they are in relation to each other, mm. which is really where I was getting lost, because it's like, isn't Minas Morgul the place where Frodo goes by in the third book, and, mm -hmm. like, it turns into this green beacon of fuck you? Yep. yep. Um, it does. 
Yes, it's like, that's what I remember it from. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. it was built by the Gondorians or whatever they're called, the Men of the West, whatever. Yeah, um, the Numenorians. The Numenorians, thank you. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, and then they had to retreat back to Osculeth. And it's like, in my mind, Osculeth is a ruin. Right. Well, and it has been for, like, centuries. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they talk about that, I think, when they're in Rivendell and Boromir is talking about mm-hmm. um, what's going on in Gondor. He's, like, updating everyone. And yeah. he talks about how Osgiliath was their stronghold for a while. And then he mentions a date... Mm. Of when they had to fall back to, it wasn't called Minas Tirith yet. It was called something else. Um, the name is escaping me. They changed the name to Minas Tirith after the fall of Sauron and mm-hmm. Isildur's death. Um, and they were having to deal with a lot of bad things trying to come through Gondor. Mm. Um, yeah, he talked about that. But yeah, no, it it is weird because like we do think of it, especially like if you think to the movie, like it's mm-hmm. a lot of ruins and probably like how long it was abandoned for, it probably would have been even more like run yeah, down yeah, than definitely. how they approach it in the movie because it almost makes it seem like 50 years ago this was actually... Yeah, a, within Denethor's lifetime they yeah, still held and yeah. they just... Lost it. Just lost just the then. bank. Yeah. Yeah, well, they but did just lose the bank, but... Not at all. Yeah. What happened? It was, like, abandoned, like, centuries before that. Time yeah. is another thing that's really difficult to keep track yes, of Yes, it really is. And I definitely have thought that having, like, a timeline of Tolkien handy oh as you read would be, like, really nice. Yeah. Um, Like, an interactive timeline with a little, like, and this is when the Cimmerillion was going on, and, like, this is what the symbols are, or whatever those jewels I mean, are called. because people have calculated those dates. Yeah. Um, even, like, in the Atlas, they talk about, you know, like, when they're going over armies, or battles, excuse me, they talk about the dates that these battles happened, mm-hmm. and even, like, um, oh, so... Bilbo started his journey from the Shire with Thorin and company on this date. Like, so they, people have worked this stuff out. Yeah. But I'm like, I can't keep that straight. Definitely not. It's, it's a lot. So it's nice to have maybe like a collection of that information available Mm -hmm. outside of having to kind of just keep it straight yourself. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But overall you liked it. Yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. Uh, Tolkien's writing style is still a pain in the ass at times, but, um, Mm. in other ways, I really like some of the descriptions that he did, like, especially of, uh, La Floria. Yeah. Um, it's really, really uh, good, I think. Um, but, yeah, I skipped the songs again, because I just don't care. (laughs) I skipped most of the songs, but one thing I will say is that, and I made a note of this, um, the very first one that you have, which is, um, right at the beginning, um, Bilbo is singing, like, the road goes ever on and on, or whatever. Did you notice the style has changed for the verses? Uh, not the style, just the overall tone was really what I noticed. Every song that I've encountered in this book is not alliterative verse. Oh, we stopped with that. Okay. It's, it rhymes. It's all on a rhyming scheme. 
Interesting. Yeah. The hmm. Different rhyming schemes for different songs. Right. But it, it's not alliterative verse. Hmm. And I was like, so at first when Bilbo was singing, um, I was like, oh, like maybe because the songs that were in The Hobbit, a lot of them were dwarf songs. So mm-hmm. maybe he's like actually going that deep that like cultural differences, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like the yeah. dwarf songs were more alliterative verse. And then the, you know, as a hobbit, Bilbo um, did rhyming like as for his own style. But no, it carried out throughout the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't in detail look at every single song, but I looked at a lot of them and they were all rhyming. And so like there was this definite shift between style Probably from the Hobbit to the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> maybe yeah. He's like, I already did that. Let's I'm do something sick else. Sick of this. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so that was something interesting. I have to say, I there are a couple of songs in Lord of the Rings that I am rather partial to. Hmm. Um, the first one, "The Road Goes Ever On and On," is one of those, and then. There's another one. There is a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot, and there's a lot more than I remember. Yeah, I'll I'll go back through my notes and figure out which were the ones that I that I actually do enjoy. And I don't. Again, I'm not even sure if that's like a um, nostalgia thing. But I didn't have kind of the same reaction to the ones in the Hobbit. Mm. Um, so I'm not really sure. Like maybe like a rhyming just like suits me better. I don't know. All right. Cool. All right. Well, that was our bonus episode on Fellowship of the Ring. Um, you hopefully... are only getting the full episode if you are a Patreon subscriber. If you are not, you're getting a shortened 15-minute version. If you would like the full... I mean, this is going to be around two-hour episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, head on over to our Patreon account. Sign up. Be a book ninja. Support the podcast. Support the podcast. Uh, you can also support the podcast by following us on social media. Uh, we have an Instagram account and a Twitter account, um, so you can follow us there. Uh, we also would love it if you could leave a review about the podcast. We would love to get some feedback, hear what you guys have to say. Um, so if you have the ability to leave us a review or a rating, please do so. Yeah. For our next bonus episode, we will be doing the two towers. We're just gonna keep going through Tolkien. Um, did we pick out? A, are we gonna do Tolkien's life next week? I think or next week, next time. I think we did. Okay. That. Yeah. So hopefully we will be able to provide more insight into how Tolkien's life perhaps affected his work. Um, but either way, you'll be learning more about his life. Yeah, so. Well, that's something interesting to say. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, Stay tuned and come back next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Um... And that's about it. I don't feel like we need to introduce next week's book because we'll no. do that. No. We- uh, for our next bonus episode, you're getting the two towers. Uh, we're going to keep going through the progression. We are... I was... <laughs> I was going to say we're plowing through Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say that. <laughs> you better say something funny or otherwise I'm going to have to put that at the end. <laughs>
That's fine. <laughs>